Welcome to Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling, a podcast for unexpected homeschoolers who never considered homeschooling, but find themselves doing just that. Each week, we'll talk about the challenges and joys of homeschooling with a few practical tips thrown in. I'm your host, Kim. Today, we're talking about the highly sensitive child and completing schoolwork. And this includes virtual school or homeschooling or even at a regular school setting. I'm gonna talk about six strategies that have helped in our home. Five out of the six people that live here are highly sensitive people. And that just means that emotions are a little stronger. I like to say about my little one, especially she feels all the things very deeply. Um, And that is a very good explanation environmental sensory issues might be um, advanced meaning they feel them a little deeper it it feels stronger to them and i find that sensitive people have higher emotional responses to a lot of things so we talk about things our emotions matching what's going on and naming our feelings so we're going to talk about the strategies that i found helpful both for managing my own highly sensitive personality dealing with my kids, three out of the four are highly sensitive, and dealing with other kids that are highly sensitive. So the first one is no shame. Highly sensitive people are much more likely to feel shame at even the slightest of corrections because they kind of just take everything and feel it more deeply. So when you're working with kids that have highly sensitive tendencies, It's really important that you think about that when they need correction. They also need their emotions validated and accepted. And even if there's a disagreement about options, emotions, and behaviors, you need to come at it from a problem solving standpoint and really be aware of the fact that once they feel shame, they're not going to be open to anything else because shame is not a productive feeling. Number two, process and understand emotions. And this is kind of all going hand in hand. Emotional intelligence is a relatively new idea that is important for all of us. We'll all need to learn and process and understand our emotions. Parents now are probably at a disadvantage to our kids because our kids are going to be, it's kind of like um, having digitally native kids are at a advantage in the digital world. The kids that we are raising now are much more aware of emotional intelligence because we are much more aware of it and are teaching it. And so we're, a lot of us are learning along with our kids how to name our feelings. I encourage you to really talk to kids and discuss their feelings so that they can feel safe and understood at home because this makes them able to deal with things outside the home a little easier. Teach your kids how to do a body scan to help them them identify their emotions. If you don't know what a body scan is, I've made sure there's a link in the show notes. Number three, find outlets. Now outlets for emotions, the good and the bad are super important because we wanna make sure that we're processing those and allowing them. Highly sensitive people are feeling those emotions deeper. And so it can almost feel like an overwhelming need to get it out. So I'm going to talk about a few ideas for emotional outlets that are kind of considered what we do in our family is we brainstorm ways it's okay to show others that you're feeling this emotion 
and ways that we need to look for alternatives. So kind of like acceptable and not acceptable. So verbalizing how he or she feels, we are very big into talking about the power of naming our feelings because once we can name our feelings, then we can decide if we want to keep that feeling or change that feeling. You can be creative and draw or paint our feelings on canvas. Movement helps to relieve some of the tension in our body and help us be more open to the emotion and meditation or just sitting quietly. Now, I think it's really important to teach children to express themselves in safe and respectful ways. And that helps all these things help them from bottling up their emotions. So like I mentioned, my little one feels things very strongly. And one of the things I did with her recently is she was like, bad, no bad and no mad and no sad today. And I was like, well, mad and sad are not bad. Okay. They may not feel good in your body, but it's okay to be mad and it's okay to be sad. And there are times that we probably want to be mad or sad. If someone hurts our feelings, it's okay to be sad. Like if they say something that we find very hurtful and unjust. And so we brainstorm like, but if we are sad, it's not okay to run out of the room screaming. That's not a productive way to handle that emotion. We need to look at other ways. Can we cry? Yes. Can we hit things? No. Can we, you know, and so we just kind of go through the list and you have to decide what's acceptable. And you will also find that what is an acceptable outlet is going to be different depending on the circumstance and help coach your kids through that decision-making process. Find and use tools. A toolbox is essential when we teach our kids about emotional intelligence. So tools for expressing yourself, like we saw previously, such as writing, tools for calming yourself down, such as deep breathing. And you can also use tools for distracting. Now, I want to be very, very clear. I'm talking about being able to distract short term so you can create a pause rather than the habit of distracting from our emotions. When you create a pause, it lets us lower the emotional temperature and deal with our emotions without kind of a spiral out of control situation. It lets us deal with the here and now of the emotion that we're feeling. This is not the same thing as going for a run because we don't want to deal with our emotions. And we're never going to come back to that emotion and we don't want to feel that or we feel like we're not strong enough to handle our emotions and things like that. Allowing yourself to sit with your emotions is a skill that is super important. So when we talk about distracting, we're not talking about never dealing with the emotion, never processing or feeling the emotion. We're talking about creating a pause so that we can kind of take the temperature down a little bit. So now, no matter what the tool that you're using and how you're using it, make sure it's a healthy tool. So don't, you know, obviously when we abuse alcohol or drugs or food or exercise as a way to distract ourselves from our feelings and our thoughts, that's not a healthy pattern. And if you or your family is struggling to find healthy tools and healthy patterns, make sure you contact a professional who can help guide you through this process. Number five, discipline wisely. So just back to the shame thing. Most kids are going to respond best to gentle discipline. Pay attention to what works for your child. If you need help, there are lots of great resources for discipline. 
that consider or keep a gentle and effective discipline approach in mind. I think it's really important to decide if you're someone that thinks that kids are always trying to do their best or not. And coming, deciding if you're coming from that mindset really is going to shape your whole discipline plan and how your approach to parenting the highly sensitive child. And number six, appreciate themselves. Help kids who are highly sensitive, especially appreciate, appreciate themselves um, because they are extra. And so sometimes society doesn't like things that are extra. High, being highly sensitive can be considered a weakness because these kids might cry more or get frustrated more quickly. So teach them that being a highly sensitive person is actually a strength. It's a superpower that needs a little work. So Superman didn't fly straight and high the first time. So they're probably not going to master all these emotions that they feel so deeply, but it will help them in the long run. They usually are very good at picking up the emotional temperature of a room and responding in an emotionally appropriate way. They are very empathetic. So people who are highly sensitive also have a lot of gifts. It's just learning how to really navigate a world that is designed not to appreciate someone that is really in touch with their emotions and learning how to do that in a way that lets them be super productive and helpful in society. So you might be a highly sensitive person yourself, maybe not. Either way, welcome to the community if you are dealing with a highly sensitive child in any way, like if they're your own kids or you're working with them in community settings, however you're dealing with highly sensitive kids. Give them the best chance to become a happy adult by creating the toolbox for them that lets them be the best selves. So teaching them the strategies they need help and just teaching them to love themselves for who they are. And that means that they're going to be able to give back to the community the best and do amazing things. I do have a list on the site in the show notes of additional resources. If you are um, working with highly sensitive children or parenting highly sensitive children, I can tell you that it is one of the most rewarding and exhausting parts of our personal parenting journey because we ourselves didn't know how to deal best with our own highly sensitive tendencies. And as we've learned to get better with that and get healthier coping mechanisms and learning how to sit with emotions and things like that, it has made our parenting so much better because we are able to meet the needs of our kids so much better. So I really just suggest that you take a little time. If you think you have a highly sensitive kid, I will make sure and put in the show notes some links out to basic questionnaire or checklist to see if your you fall on the highly sensitive spectrum or your kids do. Some of the biggest ways that this plays out in schoolwork and in school settings are that kids who are highly sensitive tend to have very low frustration tolerance. It's one of the first things I noticed in my own kids. And it's the idea that if they begin to have problems with an area, they will shut down or become unexpectedly emotional. And that's where some of the toolbox and toolkit pieces can come in to really help them. These kids may also feel very, very strongly about routines, schedules, the type of work they're doing, attaching a meaning to the work they're doing because they are highly attuned to the world and pick up on the emotions of the world. So they 
can have a very, very strong sense of justice that can be easily um, offset or taken off balance. So you need to be aware of that when you approach kids that are highly sensitive and keep that in mind. And again, try to coach them and use the tools in the toolbox that hopefully they are developing or you are helping them develop. Last but not least, I find that these kids can fatigue very quickly in highly social situations in a regular school setting or in a setting where they're having to interact with people like through Zoom calls in classes and clubs and camps. Kids who are highly sensitive might really, really enjoy the connection with other people. They can also get very, very tired and find that their emotions are overwhelming them in situations. So sometimes it is best to keep social outings, especially where they are asked to do a lot to a very, very controlled environment and controlled setting. You know, if you have three birthday parties and a soccer game on a Saturday, you probably are going to need to really think about your plan of attack, which one of those are important, which one's not, and how much time you're going to spend at each one, what cues you're going to look at from your kids that are going to help tell you that they've had enough. And again, every time something happens, make sure that you find a way to spin it in a very positive light because being highly sensitive is something that we can celebrate with our kids rather than making them feel like they're abnormal. Thanks for joining us this week on Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Learning Hypothesis. For more information on homeschooling and how to customize your unique approach to education. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. See you next week.